0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, guys, we've been looking at the whole issue of church.
1: And remember, when the first week, we kind of talked about this a little bit, that with church, you and I can develop our own concepts of church. We can develop our own mindsets about what church is. And for a lot of people, church is just simply the service. Church is just simply the music time and listening to a preacher. But church is a whole lot more than that. And If you remember last week, we looked at the early church, the very first church in Acts chapter 2, And we saw their commitment level and the things that they focused on and how it impacted. And we talked about how we want to be like that. So what we're going to do for the next five weeks is we're going to look at five areas of commitment that need to be evident in your life and in my life if we're going to be that kind of church. We're going to talk about five areas of commitment. Now, where did you get those five areas of commitment from, George? Well, all the way back over in Acts chapter 2. Let's read it together here, and we're going to see those five areas. And I want you to notice with me, these are what the things that we're going to talk about here for the next five weeks. Look at what it says there. Verse 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in breaking of bread and in prayers, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as everyone had need. What we're going to see here, folks, is five areas that are really needed here, and they are commitments. Let me tell you what the five are, and then I'm going to tell you why I call them commitments. The five are this. God's Word, which is what we're going to talk about today, intimate relationships, Christ-centered worship, prayer, and then the final area is generosity. Generosity. Those are the areas of commitment. Now you say, why are you saying commitments, George? Because look there at the very first thing that it says there in verse 42, and they continued steadfastly. That's reflective of that they took these five areas seriously and they committed their time to it and they continued in it and it steadfastly was means that they were determined in this area. So why are we going to talk about these areas, George? Why do we need to talk about these commitments? Well, you know, crises reveal things. Crises reveal weaknesses. Do you understand what I'm saying? And what the crisis that we recently went through as a church revealed was is that we have some weaknesses in our church. And actually, the weaknesses are in these five areas. How do you know that, George? Well, it's because of our whole concept of what church is. It's real easy to get into the mindset that church is just a service to attend. And you know what? If something else comes up, we view church as an option. And it's reflected in our commitment levels. And it's reflected in a lot of areas. If you look at those five things, it's reflected in those five areas. And so we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about why church is more than just a service. We're going to talk about that church is so much more than that, and we want to be the church that God wants us to be, but we need to re-examine the whole issue of our commitment levels in certain areas. So, for instance, today we're going to talk about your commitment level to God's Word. Do you understand that your view of God's Word will impact your view of church? Do you understand that? Your view of God's Word will impact your view of church. What do you mean, George? Well, I believe it's God's Word. I believe it's holy and inerrant, without error. Inspired by the Holy Spirit. And you can quote the doctrine. Yeah, I understand you believe that, but is that reflected in how you live your life? So you can believe a lot of things, but does it impact you? So you can believe... God's Word is God's Word, but do you trust it? Do you have faith in it? And how you view it is going to determine your concept of church. And it's going to be reflected in your commitment level. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about why, in church, do we make God's Word such a centerpiece. Do you realize God's Word is a centerpiece of a church, right? You notice that? Because think about it. We sing a lot, but the music isn't the main part of church, is it? It's hearing what? God's Word expounded, being taught. Music is not the center of why we're here. It's hearing from God through His Word. And how you view God's Word will determine your commitment level to whether or not you come. So let's look at look at what Peter says to us today. We're going to look to have an understanding of God's Word today. Look with me. At verse 12, we're going to go from verse 12 all the way through the end of chapter 1, verse 21, and we're going to learn some things here. Look with me. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. For we do not follow cunningly devised fables when we have made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty." For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard the voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have a prophetic word confirmed which you do well to heed. As a light shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing first that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to look at a couple things. We're going to divide it really into two sections. The first section is going to tell us why the message. Why why is it so important for you to come to church? Why do you really need to come and hear a preacher? Why can't you just stay home? Why can't you just read it on your own? Why can't you just go out in the woods? Why? Why? Why the message? And then we're going to see, verses 16 through 21, the nature of God's Word. What is it about God's Word? Why do I need to take it seriously? Why do I need to have it in my life? We're going to see that here. So let's talk about why the message. First of all, look with me, verse 12. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Here's what I want you to see. We have to be continually reminded about truth. We have to be continually reminded about truth. You have to be honed. You have to be continually reminded about what you're learning. Just because you heard the story one time does not mean that you got it down for good the next time. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just because you read through the Bible one time doesn't mean that you're done for the rest of your life. You don't need to read it anymore. You have to be continually reminded over and over of the truth. Why? Because we have a tendency. Haven't you figured it out? Here's our tendency. We forget. Isn't that true? You and I forget. Oh, no, I, George, I've got a steel trap for a mind. I never forget anything. Really? Seriously? Why do you think we have all these gadgets and all these different apps now with programs to what? Remind you. You have to be continually reminded of basic truths. Because sometimes you have to be continually reminded that you're forgiven, right? Because you know how the human heart is. We're self-condemning ourselves all the time, right? Sometimes you have to be reminded continually that when you're in the midst of it, that he said he would be there with you. Sometimes you have to be reminded of the hope that you have beyond this life. Sometimes you have to be reminded of the basic truths of Scripture over and over. And here's what Peter Peter says to them. Look, as long as I'm here, I'm going to keep reminding you. That's why church is here. Church is so that you can be reminded of the basic truths that you have in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? The basic truths you have in your life. Now, now some of you would say, well, you know George. I've been to church, and you know, I've been in churches, and and I went to a church where every week the preacher's talking about politics, or every week the preacher's talking about ten steps to have a green lawn. Or well, then go find another church. Did you understand what I'm saying? You know, if if that's where, where I'm, uh, every week I'm gonna get up and tell you the the wonderful benefits of drinking sweet tea. You need to leave here. Did you understand what I'm saying? Because you need to come every week so that you are reminded about what, folks? God's Word and the truth for your life. That's what church is about. It's not just a service. It's so that you are fed. Do you know what I'm saying? It's so that you are nourished in your life. He goes on here. What else does he say? Look with me. Verse 12. For this reason, I have not been negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. He says, I'm going to tell you these things even though you know them and even though you've been established in truth. What's he saying here? Here's what he's saying. No one has arrived at spiritual maturity. No one has arrived. Peter says, look, I'm going to remind you, even though you think, think you're established even though you've been taught even though you're you're established in the truth because why none of us listen to me folks none of us have arrived at spiritual maturity do you understand what i'm saying i don't care how pious somebody acts i don't care how many times a hand shoots up to answer a bible question or how many times they can quote a scripture or how deep they pray nobody's arrived Now, isn't that a wonderful thing? Because some of you have been defeated by, quote, saints that you know in your life. And I'll never be like them. And I've messed up. You know folks? Nobody's arrived. Nobody has arrived. Only one person has arrived at maturity. Who's that? Jesus. Is anybody here like Jesus? We're all wanting to be like him, but we're not him. See, this is why we have the message. This is why we have Church. It's not just a service. It's so that you are reminded and grounded of the basic truths in your life. Because here's what's going to happen during the week. Life happens. You're going to face a struggle. You're going to feel abandoned. You're going to fail. You're going to feel shame. You're going to wonder... Where is the money going to come from to get me through this? God, will you not work in their heart and help them to see the error of their way? You're going to be asking yourself those kind of questions. I don't care how grounded you are. Things happen that will cause you to what? Doubt. And you need to have somewhere. And you need to be Somewhere that where you are continually reminded of just the basic truths. Do you know what I'm saying? The basic truths. You know, if anybody ever says to you, Well, I never have any doubts. I would wonder where they're at. I would wonder where they're at. Because the reality is, is if you're a child of God, believe me, stuff happens, doesn't it? And you struggle. Because your faith is constantly being tested. So you need to be reminded. So here, here's what he's saying. Verse 13. I think it is right. As long as I'm in this tent... Now, what's he talking about, tent, George? He's talking about his body. He's referring to his body as a tent. The King James says a tabernacle. He says, as long as I'm in this tent to stir you up by reminding you, knowing shortly I must put off my tent just as the Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure... That you will always have a reminder of these things after my decease. What I want you to see here is this. Effort has to be made to be refreshed by God's Word. You gotta make the effort. I gotta make the effort. You gotta make the effort. Listen, remember I told you that how you view God's Word is going to be reflected In your concept of church. Remember I said that to you earlier? That is so true. Because if you've got a take it or leave it attitude about God's word. Church isn't going to mean anything to you. We're just going to be flat out honest with you. Church is not going to mean anything to you. If you've got a take it or leave it attitude. Why do you say that George? Because this. If you have an attitude that understands that God's word is God's word speaking to you. And that when you read it, whether it's a rebuke or an encouragement, it does something. It refreshes you. It strengthens you. It changes you. That it's living. If you have that concept, then you're not going to be looking at it as simply just an option. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? You're going to recognize that I need this for my life. You say, well, George, it's just one message. Well, that's why you realize that you're going to need sometimes more than that, and so that's why you do listen to a speaker. Or that's why you do read things. You read your Bible on your own. Or that's why you do read a devotional, like the Daily Bread, or My Utmost for His Highest. So that you get God's Word continually in your heart. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you recognize that you need it. So hey, why do you, can I be honest with you, why would we pay for an app as a church? Why would we do an app? Because look, three things there. You got a Bible, you got devotionals, and you get to hear the message if you missed it. Why? For you to get it in your life, we want to ensure that you are what? Constantly reminded. Do you understand? And so he's saying here, effort has to be made. What kind of efforts are you making in your life? You say, oh, I'm here, George. Okay, that's good, but are you doing something beyond here? Are you doing something beyond here? Like what, George? I just said it. Reading His Word. Listening to His Word. Listening to preaching. Reading devotionals. Going to Bible studies. Did you understand what I'm saying? How's your commitment level? This is why the message. This is why we have the message. So then I want you to understand, because maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't grasp. Why do I need to have this? So here he goes on and he tells us the nature of God's word. Look with me at verses 16 through 21. Look at what he says verse 16. For we do not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. First thing I want you to see here about the nature of God's word. It's not clever stories made up by men. See, the first thing you've got to understand, if you're going to grasp the need for it in your life, if you're going to understand the importance of it in your life, you've got to understand how you view it. Because if you just view it simply as a book written by men, it's no different than any other novel that you buy somewhere. And I know how that is because I love to read. And some books, I mean, it's got me, I'm there to the end. Some books I read the first couple chapters, and that's it. I won't pick it up again because, like, he's bogging me down. And that's our whole concept of books, right? And Some of you, you remember books in school because you never cracked them. Right? Do you know what I'm saying? You never even looked at them. But if that's your concept, that it's just a book, you're going to be acting that way. But you need to understand, you've got to have a better concept about the Word of God, and you've got to understand it this way, that it's not just clever stories made up by men. You've got to understand that it is the truth of God, is the revelation of who God is. From Genesis to Revelation... It is revealing to me who God is and what His plan for the world is and what, he's, what humanity's problem is and what His solution is. I need to understand that and that it is alive and that there is a word for me there. And that through it, He's going to transform my life. How do I know that He's going to transform my life? Think about what His word says. Be not conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. How do we renew our mind? He tells you in another place, you renew your mind by the word of God. See, you got to have to understand the nature. See, it's not an option for me. But have you noticed we're that way with God's word? Have you noticed that for some reason we think it's optional about having his word in our life? But the fact of the matter is is that is the source of our life. It is the source of renewal in our life. That is where the change comes from in our life. It's from God's Word. But I'm doing okay now. Oh, it was a comfort to me when I was going through the problems. But I'm doing okay now. See, it's not just clever stories made up by men. Here's what I want you to see. It reflects the reality and the power of Jesus Christ. It reflects the reality and the power of Jesus Christ. That's why you read it. Because you're reading it because it reveals to you who He is and what He's done and the power that He has and the power that He said He would give you for your life. And the encouragement. Because you're trusting in Him. That's the nature of God's Word. That's the nature of God's Word. Here's the other thing I want you to see. He tells us, verse 19, For we have the prophetic word confirmed, that you do well to heed. What's he saying here? God's Word is certain. God's Word is certain. You need to understand that it is confirmed. Prophecy confirms prophecy. How do I know that Jesus Christ and what He said is real? Because He rose from the dead. How do I know He's coming back? Because He rose from the dead. How do I know that all of this is true? Because I have the record of the eyewitnesses who saw it all. Right? It's certain. And you hold on to it. And you make it a part of your lives. That's why we come to church. Do you understand? I mean, if if anything, Kermansville Christian Church needs to be known as a church where people believe the what? The Bible. Let me just stop for a moment. Kermansville Christian Church is not just a church where we say we believe the Bible, but where we believe the Bible, where it means it's a part of your life. Because anybody can say they believe the Bible, right? But then not do anything with it. He goes on, and then he says this, verse 19. Which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. What's he talking about here, George? You need to pay attention to it as a guiding light for your life. You need to pay attention to God's word as a guiding light to your life. Because that's, it's going to be a guiding light. It's going to reveal things to you and show you things. It's going to, can I be honest with you, take you to the woodshed sometimes. We don't like that, but sometimes it will reveal to you the things in your life that aren't right, that need to be changed, right? Sometimes it will encourage you. Sometimes it will give you direction as you're reading it. The Holy Spirit will speak to you and say, you need to go in this direction. You need to make a change here. See, here's the thing. Have you noticed that life isn't fair? Have you noticed that? Okay? Have you noticed that life sometimes is mean? And, and, and even though you think everything is great and, you, and everything's wonderful, you get hit blindsided by stuff all the time. You know what I'm talking about? And you wonder sometimes, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to keep my sanity? How am I going to navigate through these issues? He says, you've got a certain word, a prophecy that is certain. And you do well to heed it as a, what? Guiding light. You do well to pay attention to it. Because, look, have you noticed there's nothing new in the Bible? Have you noticed that? I mean, the Bible's got everything in it, right? Murder, adultery. Sin, treachery, rebellion, but it also has victories, Amen. blessing, maturity. Everything is dealt with in the scripture. Because like Solomon says, there's nothing new under the sun, is there? Nothing new under the sun. And he tells us what we need to do. And it's a question of whether or not you believe it or not. See, it comes down to what you believe about it. Do you believe it's the guiding light for your life? Here's the other thing. It tells us in verse 20 to 21, the Holy Spirit provided God's word for you. Look what he says there, knowing first that no prophecy of scriptures of any in private interpretation for prophecy never came by the will of man, but of holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who gave you the word of God. Aren't you glad he did? Why? Why? Why is it so important? Because remember, he just told us in verse 12 that we need to be continually what? Reminded. You know, we have so many Bibles. We have them on our apps. We have them in our rooms. We have them everywhere. But the question is, do you use them? See, that's a reflective of what you think about them, right? I mean, the Holy Spirit gave it to you. It all comes down to what you think about it. See, this is the first area of commitment. If we're going to be the church that we need to be, it has to be a commitment from us, individually and as a church, that God's Word is premier. Why? Because it's from Him. It's His Word for us. It's our guiding light. And we need to be continually reminded, and I'm going to be honest with you folks, if you don't have a commitment to God's Word... You're not going to have a commitment to church, to the family. I'm just being honest with you. It has to be God's word. That's the first area of commitment.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church,